0: You're listening to Bird Means Business, episode 39. Hey, party people. Welcome to the Bird Means Business podcast. I am so glad you're here. Um, today, I'm going to be talking about my transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. And it's going to be a good one. Um, Before I jump in, I really want to just maybe say what might be the elephant in the room. I don't know if it's obvious to y'all, but I, for the first time on the Bird Means Business podcast, I'm using a mic, a microphone, y'all. This whole time, your girl has been talking, well, most of the time I've been talking just directly into my MacBook in a small closet at my house that my husband tricked out (laughs) to make a podcast studio, our guest bedroom closet. Um, I've just been speaking directly into my Mac and I, I don't know if I've made that clear because I was recently talking with a friend and he was like, what? I listened to your podcast and had no idea. Yes. I talk about it in actually episode 13. It's called how I launched my podcast in five weeks with $9.95. And the thing is, I wasn't planning on having a podcast and had to adjust and adapt really quickly. And I didn't have a budget for a microphone at the time. It was at the very beginning of my business launch. And so I just got scrappy and made it happen. And I share that because I can't tell you how much I hear Man, I don't have the perfect website or the perfect fill in the blank, whatever it is, the perfect equipment, all the things like organized and perfect. And so I can't start yet. And that is a lie. You can start and you can figure it out along the way and you can perfect it over the way along the way. Um I always say that my definition of excellence is doing the best with what you have in your hands. And if what's in your hands right now isn't a nice, fancy mic, I even have one of those, I think it's called a pop filter. I don't know. I didn't know what that was before I started researching all this stuff, like in front of the mic to like help. Um... All of that, I didn't even know any of that, and that would have stopped me from making progress. So whatever those things are in your life or in your business, identify them so that you can just move forward. You know, now here I am, episode 39, I would not be here if I tried to have it perfect from the very beginning. Um, So that's just my little encouragement for you today before we jump in. I also want to say I have some exciting news to share that you already know if you're subscribed to my email tribe, but... I'm rebranding. Yes, I'm rebranding the firm and I'm so, so, so excited. Y'all, it's been such a wild journey, like ups and downs and craziness, delays, beautiful, deep revelations I've had as I've re- I really like tapped into what I'm doing and, and what I want to share with the world and how I want to look to the world and all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited um, to share more of like my insights on what it looks like to rebrand um, and what that process was like um, in case you have branding questions. So it's coming and stay tuned. Um, and if you want to be among the first to know, go and sign up to my email tribe, it's at birdwilliamsconsulting.com slash join. And it's just one email a week that I send out. I don't like spammy emails. I don't, it I, my personally, it gets on my nerves. So I don't do that <laughs> to y'all either. Um, but I include like business tips and just fun stuff. So again, it's birdwilliamsconsulting.com slash join. All right. So you might be thinking, okay, I'm currently at a, at a nine to five, you know, I'm, I'm working my corporate job, but I plan to own my own business one day. First, I'll just want to say that that's a special place to be in. There's so much um, that you can be doing right now to prepare for your your future business. And this episode is definitely for you. Before I get started, I want to share my story um, of transition to kind of just provide some context. And then I'll go into kind of some more insights. So, you know, I graduated from the University of Texas at Austin and moved to New York City to work on Wall Street as an investment banking analyst. Now you have to understand, I had no idea what I was doing when I got there. I had not had an internship in investment banking. So it was a very steep learning curve. It's already a steep learning curve, but also taken into account that I had no training at all. Whereas most people come into the program with having had an internship in, in the field. So. It was wild. It was crazy. I mean, there were so many ups and downs, but I ended up doing really well. And um, I had gotten the offer to stay on for a third year. An investment banking analyst um, program is two years, and you may or may not get the third year offer. I had gotten it, which was great. You know, I had come into the job wanting to potentially work in one of the overseas offices in either Hong Kong or London. And I had gotten my um, my director to agree to that. And so it was like, things were great, right? I mean, I was getting paid. I was living in my favorite city in the world, but I wasn't fulfilled. And it was kind of like in the back of my mind. I, I didn't think about it a whole lot, but it wasn't until I um, had gone home for Christmas. Um, and it was just the feeling of like, sowing my roots somewhere and wanting to really, like, dig in deep. And I knew that was not New York City. I knew that was not Hong Kong or London either, you know? I basically knew that the path I was on was very temporary and I wouldn't be able to sow roots or, you know, establish myself in a community for a a few, several years, you know, whatever that looked like. And that was hard for me to really stomach. Um, And so I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that was what was the scariest part. So some of you may relate. It was like, okay... I know this isn't it, but I don't know what's next. And so what I did was I just made this simple list and it w- it was on a random piece of white paper. I just remember I could like visualize it. I, I worked in a, in a trade, like on a trade floor. <laughs> and so it was very open. There were no cubicles, even everyone. I just sat next, you know, you sat next to people on like these long lines on a trade floor. And so I pasted this bad boy, this note on my, on my screen, which I had like three screens, but it was pretty bold of me to do that. Um, anyway, I made this list and it, it was just a list of random things that I would, I really enjoyed doing. And there was no structure to it really. Some, some were just were you know, like volleyball. I loved volleyball. <laughs> it's so random dancing, you know, it was also things like planning and, Um, like all of the logistical things, you know, that in productivity, I love to be productive. It was just just random list, but it also were things that I just would do if I weren't like, I didn't need to be paid to do it. When I, when I get into these types of activities, I could go all night and not like time would just pass by because I was just so in it. So yeah, I made this list and it didn't like, there was no aha moment initially, I made the list, I put it on my desk, on my computer screen and for like months, I kind of just meditated on it, but not intentionally. I just had it sitting up there as I was doing work. You know, of course I had glance over it to it, That's that sort of thing. But one day it clicked and I realized I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to run a business, but here comes the next problem. I didn't have a talent or a business idea or, you know, a specific thing. I wanted to run the behind the scenes. So... I began to kind of search like, well, who could I support in this role? So while all of this was happening and I was kind of figuring this part of my life out and what was going to happen next, at the same time in my current role on my job, I was crushing it. Um, I was, it's crazy, but when I came into my job, despite the fact that I was like probably the least qualified in my entire analyst class, I was put as the only analyst in two different groups, which is ridiculous and crazy. Usually you go into a a group and there are multiple analysts, multiple, you know, associates and, and on and on. Well, I was in two very small teams and I was the only analyst, not in one group, but in two. Crazy. So long story short, one of these groups, um, it was just really me and a director. And, you know, over the years we'd grown together close was awesome. Well, we, we were a part of a team, um, at our firm that secured this huge IPO. Um, uh, we were one of the book runners. My company was a book runner on this IPO an initial public offering. I worked in equities. So it was a big deal for the firm. It was a landmark transaction. It was like a $4 billion IPO. And, I remember us having this huge ceremony to celebrate uh, us being a book runner, our bank basically landing this deal. Um, I was the only analyst in the US on the deal. So I was working with Brazil and London and Spain and Mexico. And so it was a big deal. And I had other analysts in my program coming to me saying, whoa, this is so crazy. Like, how awesome is it? Like, don't you feel great? And y'all, I was like, no. This is not cool. (laughs) Like, that was really the light bulb moment for me. Not so much that I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I'd already kind of figured that out. But like, okay, this is not going to cut it. I have to like part ways. Um, because I just did not have this. I thought to myself, I should be excited. I should feel motivated. This should be like, yes. And it was not. I remember my hair was falling out. You know, I had like a random white dot on my stomach just appeared out of nowhere. You know, I'm black. It was like a white dot on my stomach. Like, what is this? <laughs> you know, and um, I just knew like, this is not what it is. I'm not motivated by this. So I said, okay. So at this time in my life, y'all this was the hardest decision I had ever made was basically to 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 leave you know because first off I had already accepted the thirty year offer so my personality like my moral standing it felt bad to like go back on the offer when I know so many other analysts had been had been turned down it just felt wrong I also felt like I was letting my team down I was like I said the own well at that point there was another analyst on my team and the On one team, it had grown, but on the other, it was just me, like I said, and my director. So I felt like I'd be letting her down. And I was like, well, what will she do if I leave? And I mean, it was just this really tough decision. But I, you know, got myself together and I knew what I needed to do and how important it was for me in my life trajectory. I will say that one of my directors sat down with me and told me this very poignant story of him having a similar opportunity whenever, uh, he was an analyst. Um, I think he might've been an associate actually. He sat me down over lunch and this was a very odd thing for a director to do, but I really just thank God for him putting me around people who would even open up to me in this way. And in these like really important moments, but he sits me down and he says, Ashley, when I was in your same position, I had the same opportunity to go work with my family. Um, in a food business with my brothers and my dad. Well, you know, I decided I had already like made this life for myself. I think he said he was recently married and he wanted to, you know, be an investment banker and he liked the lifestyle. And so he chose to, um, do that instead and not work with the family business. Well, fast forward, however many years his dad's passing, getting ready to pass away. He's really sick. And, He's telling me that his brothers have this like really these really deep bonds, you know, with their dad over the past several years as they've worked in this business together. But he, you know, being away um, and not being able to be home in much because the job is grueling, um, not being able to really have that time with his dad in the past few years. I mean, he's telling me this in tears. Like, I wish I would have if I could go back then, I would have chosen to work with my family Um, and so I, I'm, you know, processing all of this stuff and, and, and knowing in my heart, like knowing in my knower that I needed to part ways. And so I decided to have a conversation with my director, um, uh, on the other team where it was just me and her and y'all, we cried. I remember we, we were at a Mexican restaurant having margaritas and we just cried. And, um, she was so accepting and understanding and, Um, actually gave me great advice and even like helped me beyond that point, you know, for for years, really, as I transitioned and started my own business and we we still keep in touch Anyway, I say all that to say that I had really great people kind of in my life as I was um, navigating that who weren't even really close to me or w- weren't even necessarily designated as mentors, but they were in leadership positions around me who who were um, encouraging uh, me in that way. And so I'm really grateful for that. So like I said, at this point, I was trying to figure out who could I support in a business that they wanted to do. And my first thought um, was my mom? She for years had talked about having a tea room, um, where she would have you know little pastries and sandwiches and tea and sell teapots and and all this sort of thing. So um, I that was my plan. I was going to be leaving this job to go um, and help my mom launch this tea business. So that was kind of the backstory that led me up to like making the decision, understanding what it was I was going to do in in business. So now I want to talk to you about like all of the work you can do before you actually launch your business, because this is what I got into. So there are five points I want to bring up, things that you can do kind of before you actually launch your business um, as you're getting ready to transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. First things first, you want to have a business plan. And I know I talk about this a lot, but it's truly so important because while you have your 401k and your insurance and your benefits and even like more structured time, It's the best time to start working on your business plan, right? I say all that, I jokingly say that about the 401k and insurance because y'all, it is real, okay? Whenever you don't have that. So you want to go ahead and plan for that. (laughs) But yes, your business plan is important because it proves the idea you have to yourself. It makes you sit down and take the ideas and thoughts and plans out of your head and put it on paper (laughs) or even digital paper like in a Google Doc or in spreadsheets, which is really important (laughs) because you want to understand the money pieces. And you can say, okay, what I think this will do versus what I'm actually seeing. okay, this is what it'll actually do when I pull all of these four pillars of my business together, right? And the four pillars are your foundation, your financial, your operations, and marketing. And so what you're gonna do is say, okay, how do all of these things work together and you're going to basically prove it to yourself and also to investors or to a bank if you need financing, um, also to a business partner. If you're going to be working with someone else, um, you're going to lay out and really itemize and, and, and understand different roles and responsibilities, how your team works and on and on and on. So that is first and foremost, super duper important. Don't miss that step. Next, I would say research, which is a part of your business plan in a sense, but it's just doing deep research um, around whatever it is you're doing. So I had no understanding of the tea business outside of what my mom had shared with me over the years and, you know, just little things. But, you know, I, I don't know anything about tea. So I, while I was working my job in New York, took a weekend, took some time off and went to Las Vegas and went to the World Tea Expo. And it was mind blowing. I mean, I don't need to go into all of the details, but as you can imagine, it's this convention of people who are obsessed with tea, all the different types and the different ways to do it. And I can't even remember all the things because it was so long ago. But um, I learned and soaked up as much information as I could. I was networking with different people in the industry to learn more, to get mentors around, you know, that specific business and on and on. So while you're working your nine to five, you can do all the research, um, however that looks for your specific business. All right. So you have your business plan. You've done research. The next thing you want to make sure you focus on is your personal financial plan. So we in your business plan, you will lay out the financial implications of your business, right? But I also want you to separately think about your first your personal financial situation because it is very, very, very important that you understand that where you are personally will affect your business, right? Um, so if you start to, if you're, if you're trying to be super selfless and say, okay, we're going to just reinvest all the profits of the business back into the business. Well, that's great, except that, you know, what does it actually cost you to live? What debt do you have? What you know? What are you going to need to take from the business in order to make this happen? Because if you're not taking care of yourself personally, um, it's gonna. Your business will start to smell of it. Is what I've said. Like, you, you know, your team will start to feel it. You'll be more stressed. You know, it, it'll affect how risky you are with your business. So you want to make sure that you have a really good um, handle on where you are personally and how much money you really actually need to take from the business. That being said, you don't go out and take all of the money from the business, but you just need to really know where that line is drawn. And again, I've mentioned the 401k and insurance benefits and all those things. You can be very strategic with how you transition. I would strongly encourage you to hire a financial planner. I'll actually link my financial planner, Helen, she's amazing, uh, in the show notes so that you can, you know, talk with her if if you need someone. But there's so many different financial planners out there. I just know that she is like top notch, so I'll 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 um I'll post her information. Her name is Helen No. She was actually interviewed in episode twenty seven. But you want to make sure that you sit down with a personal financial planner and you say, okay, wh- where am I? Where am I trying to go? How can I be strategic with this transition? That is so very key. And then next, I want you to have a few mindset shifts. So if you've downloaded my free guide on the first 10 steps to launching your business, it's called Ready, Set, Launch. You see that number one, the first step is having an entrepreneurial mindset. And so right now we're going to talk about three. There are a lot of mindset shifts, but three that you want to have as you transition from corporate to entrepreneurship. First is I hear people all the time saying like, I want I want to be an entrepreneur because I'm a, my own boss. You know, I i don't have any bosses. I'm just, I'm the boss, you know? And I get it. I get it. You want to be able to make decisions. You want to be able to be innovative and creative and and, make, and all that. You know, you want to be in control of your life and of your business. But let me just say the other side of that. While no, you don't have any other bosses, you do have your team. As in, you do have staff and employees who are working under you and who will need and rely on you. You do have... Um, your clients, you know, the people you serve who know they're not your boss, but man, they can affect you in a lot of ways. And so I don't want you to go. So I'll just give you an example. When we first launched the league, um, we, I remember I was going to a birthday party of a dear friend. We're all hanging in the lounge area, and a young man comes up to us and he's congratulating us for launching the league. And he says, man, if I owned my own business, I would like make a policy that said something like, no one can bring their dogs in. And I would walk around with my dog. Like I'd have my dog because I'm the boss and I can have my dog, but other people can't. And I was like thinking in my head and you wouldn't make it very long in, in business because it is very important that you reflect to your employees, to everyone that's associated with your business, um your actual values. So if you say, we don't wanna have pets in the building, then and then you bring your pet in, people are gonna disrespect you. You're gonna make a bring in a lot of confusion. Um, and that's just not a good mindset to have, right? That's not why we're going into entrepreneurship. You want people to be behind you, you want your team to feel supported, you want it to be a team effort, not like, oh, me, I'm so cool, like, look at me, right? So that's the first mindset shift. No, you don't have a boss, but there are a lot of people uh, stakeholders in your business who are very important and who you should treat with respect and be conscious of. I'll just say it like that. Okay, so the next mindset shift is understanding that you have to define your structure and your schedule because there's no one to really hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do in your business unless you ask. Meaning, unless you have a business partner who you the two of you are able to kind of keep each other accountable, or a board of advisors that can do the same thing. Maybe you meet with them quarterly and they're able to check in with you or a business coach or mentor. But my point is, is that, you know, when you, if you don't really think about it, or I guess I didn't think about it until I became an entrepreneur and I wondered why I felt so frazzled. Not only is it my personality to have routine and to stick with some schedule and have like systems and structure to my life. Um, but I just realized that our whole lives were kind of conditioned for a very structured process around work. So, you know, even when it comes to school, as you're going through school, there's class periods and teachers and this whole system. You go to college, it's the same thing. And then you get into corporate America and you have policies and procedures and teams and sections and All of the things, there's structure to it, right? You have a workday schedule and that that sort of thing. Meetings and all of this. Well, when you're an entrepreneur, all of that goes away. So unless you create it, it's not going to be there. So even with the league, um... I think I've mentioned before on the pod that Terry doesn't like, he didn't like meetings. He didn't like meetings as much as I did in the beginning. Now he's great with it. But it took us a while before we we were having actual weekly meetings every week. Um, And it was not good, especially because we're married. We would bring our business into our home you know we'd be talking about it basically all the time because there was no container there was no time container for when we would talk about things so if something came up we would just automatically talk about it as saying okay that's not urgent we can reserve it for our team meeting on monday so you are going to have to be able to either create and define a structure and schedule for your life or have someone else do it and then on top of that have have people hold you accountable okay then the next mindset shift is just self-love and self-awareness so there's self-love which you know we talk a lot about taking care of yourself but also self-awareness being very honest with yourself about where you lack where you need help and so on so the example here is kind of around like performance reviews. Remember how I just was saying that in corporate America, you have all these structures and policies and such. One of those is like performance reviews, um, whether it's every quarter or every year, I can't remember, it's been so long since I had one, (laughs) to my point. Um, But there are no performance reviews when you're an entrepreneur. So there's no way to really know if what you're doing as a leader or even as your business is is good or not. I mean, there are metrics like, is the business growing? Is revenue growing? But that doesn't always, you know, directly say something about you as a leader. It doesn't translate that way. So, you know, we as leaders for our gym business, the league, we are constantly, we have like, we have, we do have structures set in place. You know, we have, um, regular reviews with our team individuals or our team members individually, in addition to our group team meetings, where we basically ask, you know, one on one with our team, like, "Hey, how are things going?" We ask a, a lot of different questions, but one of the one of the questions is, "Where can we improve as leaders? Where are we slipping? What can we do better?" You know, we actually ask one on one for that feedback so that people can feel. Like, it's just us. I can tell you there's something going on, you know? We try to create um, a space for that. So you want to make sure that um, you are self-aware in terms of where you can improve. But then also understand that, like, if no one's telling you that you're doing a good job, it doesn't mean you're not doing a good job. That was something that was really hard for me. If you know anything about the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram one one wing nine and a one, um, it's called the perfectionist. I say that frustrated a little bit because I, I guess I'm kind of in denial. I don't want to be a perfectionist, but I kind of am anyway, perfectionist or reformer. And the idea of ones on the Enneagram is that we want things to be right. We, We need things to be right. So I need to know, I need someone to say like, you're doing great because of X, Y, and Z. And my husband is so generous in terms of compliments. He'll always encourage, actually, you're doing an awesome job, you know? Um, But it was like, to me, that falls flat. Like, well, how do you really know if I'm doing a good job? Like, you don't have any concrete examples, you know what I mean? Um, And there were areas in the business that I worked on that he didn't, so that he didn't necessarily see as much value in, you know? I'm like over here updating our financials, which he knows is great and he thanks me for, but basically i was trying to get my validation from all of these other places and you have to understand that your validation as an entrepreneur isn't going to come from those sources that it has to come from within you have to be able to look at yourself and say hey you're crushing it you're, you're trying your best and you know yourself you know how hard you're working you know whether or not you're actually leaning into the feedback you're getting from your clients or your staff or whomever or if you're just brushing it under the rug and wanting to be right you know what i'm saying so Again, there's self-love and self-awareness, and that looks a lot different when you are an entrepreneur versus being in a corporate environment. Okay, so I wanna address the question of, can I keep my nine to five and have two streams of income whenever I open my business? Well, I would say it depends on the business. So this will only work too if you have the time. Like if what, how you function in your business Allows you to do that, right? Because, like for example, I can't imagine running any of my businesses while working a nine to five. Because, well, really, I have kids. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, kids change the game. It's not like I can work a nine to five job and then come home in the evenings and work on my business because I have kids. So, you know, I I want I want to have that family time in the evenings, and I have to get some kind of sleep when I can. in order to get, you know, before I get back up the next day. So it really kind of depends on your life structure and how much time you have. Um, But I'll also just say, just to be fair and honest, that I can't really imagine working a nine to five period and having a business because I'm the kind of person who I go all in, you know, whenever it comes to, um, you know, really anything, but especially when it comes to my business. And so when I think about my businesses, I'm preparing to scale from the beginning as best I can, right? So if I were to launch a business and have a nine to five, that would be fine, but it would be strategic and temporary. Meaning I would be like, okay, I have this nine to five job. Um, It works with my life currently because of X, Y, and Z, Um, but it's temporary, right? And I'm being strategic with, you know, maybe how I use the benefits or what I'm learning um, in that time um, as I prepare to launch my business. I hope that makes sense. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with having a nine to five and and having a business. It just really depends on your personality, how you see your business growing, the time you have to give to both and the type of business that you have. So I say all that to say that if you have a nine to five and you wanna keep it because you enjoy what you do, which is awesome, and you wanna have this other business too because you're interested in it, I could see that looking two different ways. One, maybe you're a silent owner and you let other other people run the business, basically, um, or maybe you're willing to grow your team more quickly. Meaning, you know, you have whatever role you designate in the business, and you're you're able to quickly hire other people to run the business around your role um, as it grows. Because again, my point is what I'm trying to say is I want you to think about your business. Yes, it might just be easy to do on your own right now, but as it grows, because we want growth, how will you? evolve in either your role, as in transitioning out of your nine to five, or in how you build up your team around you. So those are the kind of two different ways you can look at it. So there you have it. I hope this was helpful. I hope it gave you some ideas on what your transition from corporate to entrepreneurship could look like. What are some things that you can consider? How to get back past some different roadblocks, and then just the mindset shifts and you know things that you can do before you actually transition out. Um, I hope it's provided some context there. And like like always, if you have any questions at all, if you're thinking, you know. I want to start making plans to, you know, build my business legacy while I'm working my nine to five. And I really want to like iron out how that would work for me specifically. I have a free 15 minute consultation where I kind of just see where you are and you know what you need. And, and I help give you a roadmap of next steps. So if you want to book your free consultation, go to birdwilliamsconsulting.com slash consultation. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that if this um, episode was helpful to you, that you'll give me a review on Apple Podcasts, um, that you'll subscribe there as well and follow us on Spotify. And if you know anyone who's transitioning um, or considering transitioning from a nine to five to um, entrepreneurship, make sure to send them this episode. All right. All righty. Talk to y'all next week. Ah, oh, yes! E. I'm Batman! Oh, wow. You feel like it seems like you have some great energy today. I'm really excited about that. So let's talk about taking the leap from corporate to entrepreneurship. Can you say, take the leap? Take the leap! Hey, you have to just kind of take the leap. And even if it's so scary, if it just feels right to you, you got to do it, right? Kay. When do you? <laughs> when do you think you're going to take the leap? And start your guitar business? I don't
1: know. But maybe you just got, but yes, I know.
0: Do you know when you're going to start your company? Yeah. When?
1: I don't Oh, but yes, I know it's going to be a guitar business. Okay, but how
0: old are you going to be?
1: Four.
0: You're going to be four? Oh, so that's going to be within the next year because you turned four in October.
1: Yeah, and. My birthday is October twenty fifth, so now I'm going to enter four, and I'll join so my birthday party will blow cakes. So and do you, you, want, know, do you want to
0: launch your business on your birthday? Like, yeah, like the guitar and
1: business and the blow business, and I little thing like this. Happy birthday to you and oh, then wow, you just wow. do something.
0: Okay, like so that. whenever you transition, are you ready for what that's gonna really be like, what your life is gonna be like now that you own a business? Yes. He literally just hit a button. Don't don't push the buttons because it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna stop the recording. It's exciting,
1: yes, okay. it's you're,
0: exactly you're excited. Okay, so are you ready for what it's gonna look like when you launch your business? Like, are you ready for that? Do you know what that's gonna be like?
1: Yeah, it's going to be like a tournament.
0: I think you have to get a better entrepreneurial <laughs> mindset so that you're ready um, and you're just good to go.
1: Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Okay, now we're done with the bonus.
0: Hey, no, don't don't push that. All right, Terry. Do you want to say bye to the people? Yeah,
1: bye, people.
0: All right, so see you next week.
1: See you next week.